You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Bongiorno. Arrivederci. <laughs> Gormami. If you know, you know. <laughs> we are insufferable filmmakers right now. Welcome to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome to here. This is now with your friends. How's it going? It is going pretty well, I think. I'm optimistic about my day. I'm excited. Optimistic about the day. Yeah, I think I'm excited about my day. Good. Um, That's great. Yeah, I'm going to be adding some decor to the office. I'm going to be... Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty pretty excited about that. And um, working on the, the next sermon series. I don't, I don't know if by the time this is released, we'll be in it. Possibly. Possibly. So I hope it worked, guys. <laughs> I hope I figured it out. <laughs> right now, it's, we're in limbo. But um, but, but it, limbo is a Catholic. Yeah. Just, just kidding. Just joking. Guys. I mean, not joking, but you know what I mean. It's a promising limbo in this case. Yeah, that's right. I don't this have is... to earn my way out of it. <laughs> that might be a misrepresentation. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. But it's going well. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. This has nothing to do with anything you just said. I'm excited for you. I was just... <laughs> um. I enjoy warm weather, right? Yeah. Prefer it. it to be <laughs> I'd prefer it to be hot to cold. And yeah. yes, we are in it as of this Ooh. recording and I was um distressed is too strong a word. But the one thing that I forget mm. about mm-hmm. during the really hot weather, yeah, and when it doesn't cool down at night mm. is that my air conditioner just keeps running you yeah. know what i mean like yes, sir and i woke up several times last night and the air conditioner was running at hours it does not normally run yeah and all i was thinking was like man my electric bill yes, this month is going to be mm-hmm. banana bonkers yeah. i actually at a point sometimes right i just love when i'm not at the house like so that the temperature can be up enough for the ac to not run so much like, yeah well that's some money saved yeah because i'm literally anywhere else yeah but i don't know it's rough. But I do see like, and that's different because I thought about like, man, I might, I might just go bump it up. Like I thought that last night, but I thought like, no, like that's when you're trying to sleep. Exactly. That's when, that's when you want to be. That's when it counts the most. Good temperature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I can almost, I would rather do that during the day. Yeah. You know, bump oh, it up exactly. during the day. You know what I'm very interested in? I would like to know. I would like someone else to do the science for me because <laughs> I can't approach it. But like, if I bump it down a few, if I like make the AC run less intensely, right. But I also plug in an electric fan. Ah. Where's the math? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kind of interested in that because that is a good question. Like, does I that help circulate lengths? the generally cooler yeah. air? Or am I actually better? just making up for that saved energy by using it in the fan? Electricity. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That really is a good question. A small mercy though. I have also have natural gas for like heat and oh, yes. cooking and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the small mercy is that that is like very, very low. Yes. So. Same here. That's generally, it's like summertime electric mm-hmm. bill. Is the high one. And it's then in the winter, my gas bill is the high one. Yeah. And the electric is low. Yeah. So it, it's a nice trade-off. It works out. It does. It just feels alarming once a it month. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I, I looked at like my, I got my gas bill yesterday yeah. and I was like, oh, like that's nothing. And then I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait to get my electric bill this month. Yeah. it's basically almost inversely proportionate. Hey, for real. But what do I know about anything? Mm. Well, on a completely different Topic Ugh. or note altogether. Note. Uh-huh. That's a musical yeah. reference. I'm in, I'm, note. I'm, I'm musical with, yeah. note. It's clear from even the most cursory reading of the scriptures that singing is a vital part of the Christian life. Yeah. I mean, we got the whole book of Psalms. You know, we got the saints around the throne in Revelation singing a song to the Lamb. Christians gathered together to sing in the churches. You know, Paul talks about singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's very important. Mm-hmm. 
And I love what Martin Luther once said about this. He said, beautiful music is the art of the prophets that can calm the agitations of the soul. The art of the prophet. Wow. That that is really something. Yeah. It is one of the most magnificent and delightful presents God has given us. Mm. I really like that. I think that's true. As a matter of fact, so true and so essential that every weekend we at Horizons Church, along with countless other churches across the globe, gather together under the banner of Jesus Christ and sing together every Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Every weekend we gather together and we sing corporately, which is, as it turns out, not a super common experience anymore. Really? What do you mean? So like, as in, it used to be, well, there's this uh, thinker philosopher named Andy Crouch. He's got a couple great books, but one of the things he, he talks about is we listen to more music than we ever have in human history, Mm -hmm. but we are less musical as a people than we've ever been in human history. His point is it used to be like, oh yeah, we got together for dinner with our friends and then in the evening we played a game and got around the parlor piano and sang a couple songs. Um, Like just everyone, you just sang everywhere. That was a part of the activity. Yeah. And now it's mostly like, oh, we go to concerts and we listen to the professionals sing Mm. and we do this or that and we listen to a lot of music but we ourselves don't engage in it. Yeah. We don't do it. Man, when I'm at a concert, I'm coming home with no vocal cords. That's right. <laughs> but I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and even then, like, that's a, for most people, that's that's a infrequent experience. Oh, especially, yeah. But Christians get together every week, at least. Yeah, at least are, once a week. We're pretty weird about that. Yeah, and we sing together. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we encourage you, it's like, like we want you to sing out there whether you're good at it mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Which, again, that, again, that used to be very common. Now it's not. That's so The church is one of the last places where that still happens. Yeah. But I want to say even more important than that we sing, for us, is what we sing. The content matters. And so all that to say, even recently we did a podcast episode on the importance of music and song mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. uh, with uh, our friend Zach, who's uh, engineering this podcast right now. Yes. But um, I just thought it would be fun and edifying to talk a little bit about our favorite hymns mm-hmm. and songs, you know, and maybe our listeners can think about their favorites and yeah, why they matter to them. Right in. Tell yeah. us your fave. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'll start. When it comes to the what and the content of our songs, uh, one of my favorites that we sing together at Horizons is How Deep the Father's Love. Oh, man, oh, yes. I love it so much. Hey, me too. I, every time we sing that, I I cry. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's not as if like crying is the sole you know, determining factor of whether or not the song is good. Sure. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. you could you could weep at a song. It's like, oh, that's that's moving, but it's not true. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, how Deep the Father's Love is... Oh, it's true, it's good, and it's beautiful. <laughs> um, it's, it's my favorite hymn of all time. Yeah. Because not only is its melody beautiful and its structure, like, sublime, mm. you know, it just, even its lyrics are rich and saturated with the gospel. And I could talk about it for hours, you know, but uh, for the sake of time and the fact that these are generally between 20 to 30 minute episodes, we'll just meditate on one of the glorious truths that shines like a jewel in this hymn, okay? Mm. The first verse deftly opens with one of the most stunning realities the world has ever known, which is that God gave up his only son for the sake of those who hated him. Mm. So if you know the hymn, you know the first verse goes, how deep the father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. And there's so much I love there. So much I love. (laughs) Um, But again, I'll just stick with this one thing. I've often heard it said, and I myself have said, and this is true, depending on what you mean, that sin is the greatest barrier between us and God, Mm. right? That is the great thing that has to be overcome in order for us to be brought back to the Lord and to be reconciled to him and to enjoy the goodness of his presence 
and everything that he wants to give us forever, right? Yeah. And again, that, that is true. Passages like Isaiah 59, 2 make it pretty clear there's like a Grand Canyon-sized chasm, <laughs> you know, actually much larger, infinitely larger than that, between us and God because of our sin. Mm-hmm. However, you could argue there's a greater obstacle even than our sin that separates us from God. Okay. And another theologian was the first point of this out to me when he said, uh, Romans 8.32, which says that uh, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Mm-hmm. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He said, Romans 8.32 shows us that my guilt and God's wrath are not the biggest obstacle in the way of my salvation. Instead, God's love for his son is the greatest obstacle to my salvation. Pardon? Yeah, right. Like that's, that's not something we're used to hearing, right? No, no. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, because you got to think about this for a second. The father's love for his son is the purest love that has ever existed. All right, the Father and Son, along with the Holy Spirit, have been delighting and rejoicing in one another from eternity past. Mm. We cannot even scratch the surface of that kind of love. And if we were truly to comprehend or possess that kind of love in our own hearts, I think we would be willing to kill mm. before we would allow anything to come in between it. Oh, absolutely. Right? I, I think without a doubt, we are, we're willing to kill for far more imperfect love yes, than that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. that for centuries. That's a great point. And the very notion then that the father has such an unfathomable love for the son, mm. that should make us despair of ever being saved because if we feel that way, right? Like, well, then why in the world would he ever give up his son yeah. for the sake of people like us who like hated him? Like right, wretches who rebelled against him, who said, we don't want anything to do with you. We hate your guts, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, okay, yeah. If I'm God and there are people like that, and the only way to save them is to allow my wrath to be poured on my son uh-uh. in their place. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> like a uh, perfect love here and you guys, I don't know what you're doing, but that's not working for me. Yeah. And yet what? verses like Romans 8.32 make clear, and then verses like the first verse of this hymn make clear, is that the father willingly gave up his son for our sake. In spite of all that, he did not spare his son. And Jesus Christ humbled himself and not only suffered for us, but died a slave's death in our place during the darkest hour of human history. And all of this happened because of love. Again, like not just the father perfectly loved the son, he loved us Mm -hmm. and was willing to do all that. Like, Man, thanks be to God. And it's like, it's not even just letting a perfect love face death in a palatable way, so to speak. Right. It's in, in a peaceful, I mean, that's still like painful beyond expression, but it's not even that. It's it's a death designed to be humiliating and horrific. Yes. Like that's the kind of thing that would rally us to retaliate or seek retribution or just go scorched earth if we had the power to do it. Right. It would be end game. Like, yes. I do with water, <laughs> time <laughs> to fire. We're speeding it up. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yes, it's exactly right. Because again, it's not like Jesus doing all that. He didn't get to die a dignified death like Socrates or something, you know? Like, I died for the love of philosophy, (laughs) you know? He did something far greater and endured this excruciating death, humiliating, on a cross, Mm. bore the Father's wrath, and did it all for love. That's exactly the opposite of what we would do. Yes, exactly. Not a one of us, not a single one of us would ever do anything like that. But God did. And of course, the rest of the verse 
tells us what the result of that was, what that sacrifice was, because it says, how great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory, right? Like there was a reason that Jesus sweat blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Because he knew, in the words of the hymn, the pain of searing loss he was about to endure. He knew that he would not only feel the scourge of a Roman whip on his back and the spikes hammered through his hands and feet, he also knew he would have to drink the full cup of his father's wrath against sin, and he would have to drain it down to the last bitter dregs. And there's no human being who could bear that kind of suffering and come out on the other side except for him, and he knew it. And he didn't want to do that. (laughs) He didn't want to bear that, but he did. And those sufferings weren't a mere end of themselves, you know, as if he died a mere martyr's tragic death and that was it. Because, again, as the hymn makes clear and passages like First Peter 2 make clear, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Right? And all of that, like, there's so much rich theological truth. There's so much there to stir up the affections of your heart mm. and to touch you deeply. All of that life-changing truth is contained in just the first verse <laughs> of this hymn, right? And, and we get to sing songs like this every week, you know? I, I mean, how right was Martin Luther in calling this kind of music a present from God, you know? Because, yeah, like, the hymn is exactly right. Those wounds which marred the chosen ones have brought many sons to glory. Mm. You know, like, the children of the church get the benefit of that. And I think then on that note, the final verse, I won't talk about it. I'll just, I'll just read it off. But the final verse of how deep uh, concludes thus, which is fitting for the whole thing, which is why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. Mm. Like I just, oh, I, I can feel, I can feel the, uh, the emotions swelling behind my tear ducts, just reading it, you know, yeah. not even singing it. So, Anyway, there's mine. Well, we could almost do a series on back in that. Yeah, we oh, that's, don't tempt me because <laughs> maybe we will. Yeah, so there, there's mine. What about yours? That's all very well said. It's also, it's also my favorite hymn. Ah, well, um, look at that. See, yeah. this um, good, birds good of a feather. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, folks, if you if you want to tune out now. It's, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get more scriptural. That is, um, you could conclude. So I, I'm trying to find something to kind of suit this prompt, a favorite song, a favorite hymn, something like that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just, I don't know. I didn't want to choose something that would be like, yes, we're definitely, everyone knows this on a Sunday morning. Cause I'm like, sure. oh, that's everyone's favorite song. <laughs> I want to I find something else that speaks to me. So we're, we're entering in the, the vulnerability section <laughs> of this podcast for me. We're here for it. So I, I, I delved into my playlist my mm-hmm. special these songs make me cry in a spiritual truthful way love it <laughs> playlist and uh, i wanted to find another contender worth mentioning and i landed on what might be the most moving song I, i've ever listened to big it, words at this point in big my claim. life and this yeah. is i mean there are, there are a few up there but this is like this might be the most it's called citizens by john guerra who like usual it's like i know one song that this person did and nothing else <laughs> that's kind of how i roll unfortunately it's not a corporate worship song. Uh, it's not a hymn, but I, I don't think it's like devoid of, of the spirit of, of worship, yep. in a, at least in a manner of speaking. I think, in fact, it's actually very like prophetic in a sense. Not mm-hmm. a, not a, this, not a foretelling. I mean, that would be a very weird <laughs> the term future. for the podcast, suddenly. <laughs> but in a, you know, like at least when, when you were describing like the art of the prophets sort of thing, like yep. prophetic in a classical call us to account sort of sense, yes. the role mm-hmm. of the prophets classically. I think that it, it has all of this dissatisfaction and, and unrest of punk rock with the melody and voice of like a Christian singer songwriter. Oh. And, and that's not a sentence I thought I'd ever say. 
<laughs> it's a very, it's a small this Venn diagram. conjunction of diverse excellencies. <laughs> it's the smallest Venn diagram I've ever seen. Um, but it, but it opens with a lot of that like discontent and with questions and like, do I even understand what this like Christianity claims to be? Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't always feel like that's reflected like in the sure. world around us or mm. in our churches or communities or maybe even in my own life. Yeah. Which like that's the preview of the song right there, mm-hmm. like that examination because. I think like it's almost unsurprising to hear about like yet another very public megachurch scandal. And it's it's really exhausting to keep raising the same defense that sounds like, yeah, but that's like that's not what I believe in, guys. Like, hey guys, that wasn't yeah. that's not that doesn't represent Christ. Like that message from Mark Driscoll that is on three separate <laughs> podcasts. Like that's not what Christ is, you know. It's yep. it, it gets really tiring to say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And and like when that's what you see from the outside, yep. like that's the witness we seem to put forth. Like anyone would struggle to see Christ through all of that. I mean, it's hard for me and I don't even need to be convinced. Yep. Like I'm, I, but I do believe. And it's like, you're making it really tough right now, guys. <laughs> um, and What's then, wrong with you? <laughs> how dare you? And that's like, yep. it's so despairing. We're like how easy and, and frighteningly appealing it seems to like stir up anger and division instead of like love and good works mm. how novel that would be <laughs> hebrews ten twenty five. and like of course like to the world that's more profitable you know in the short term so of course like that's that's going to sell but i feel like we should be the precise counterculture to that but i think so often we're not or at least i so often i'm not i'm i'm just as guilty of that and it's not super fun to admit but it's profoundly easy when you think you're right and it's the most important thing in the world to you and that means the other person is wrong and I have to, I have to win that argument, right? Because everything rides on that. Because what I believe, surely it must be morally pure. I'm convinced for the right reasons, guys. And suddenly like loving good works take a back seat because you have to, you have to win this argument to the detriment of like the orphans and widows are hungry and poor. Like all of the people that you know, we would pay lip service to or talk about anyway, all of our talking points or even like just ignore. That's, that's something that happens too, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's sometimes a lot easier to talk in the abstract. Yeah. But like, that's who Jesus sought out to minister, Yeah, you know? And I don't know, it just, it feels like for a bulk of the song, like this satisfying like admonishment, like let's like a calling to account. And until like you realize I'm, I'm also guilty. Like yep. I'm also the subject of that. And he's like very unabashed about that. Yeah. He's, he's like right in there. It's, it's like, it's confession and in conviction mm-hmm. in like intermingled. Yeah. Uh, and it, in some ways it's not easy to listen to. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> like it meets that heartache and that anger with a lot of that personal, even guilt, I think mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think I can scarcely remember a time I've, I've made it through the song with a dry eye. Yeah. Like it's really, it's, it's moving because mm-hmm. I think it, it speaks to a lot of that despair and a lot of that heartache. But, but I will say like also not with like the luxury of pointing a finger, yep. you know, with like an acknowledgement of I too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's good stuff. Also, John Guerra, mm-hmm. teach us that one song. Oh, I remember we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is also a extremely well worth listening to song. Yes. Just while you, you had him on the, the mind and the radar there. Yeah. yeah good stuff. Well, hey, hopefully you've got some new things to think about or listen to or sing even better. Yeah. Preferably you sing them or you got your own favorites that you can now appreciate anew. Maybe you ought to think about why do I love that song so much? What is it that touches me about that? Whole new possibilities of edification, encouragement, upbuilding, etc. There we have it. Thank you as always for listening. If you have any questions or you want to share your favorites, you can email us as always at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And if, uh, you know, you thought this was like a 
a five-star sort of a thing, kind of like our favorite five-star hymns and songs here, and you want to leave us an honest five-star review in the Apple Podcast platform, yeah, we'd be yeah. grateful. Mm-hmm. We will we will sing with gratitude. <laughs> That's going to say, right? yeah. sing about it. That's right. We'll sing a hymn of thanksgiving. Well, thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.